Thank you for tuning in to episode 3 of the Korean Movie Review Podcast. This is Joe Cabello, and we are going to be reviewing New Trial, directed by Kim Tae-yoon, and starring Jung-woo, Kang Hae-nil, and Lee Dong-hee. We have a slightly new format for the show where we jump right into the review, so if you're worried about spoilers, watch out for that. And then we'll be supplementing episodes with something called The After Dark, which is a separate, shorter episode afterwards where we just kind of discuss the movie further or talk about random stuff. Unfortunately for this episode, we forgot to turn the mic on for The After Dark, so there is no After Dark. But look forward to that in the future. Now, without further ado, here is our review of New Trial. Welcome to the Korean Movie Review Podcast, where we are going to be reviewing New Trial, directed by Kim Tae-yoon. And starring Jung Woo, King Han Yo, Lee Dong Hui. Um, and we are here with Fred Lei, of course, as always. Hello. And with our special guest, David Kane. Hi, Joe. Hi, Fred. Tell us, uh, David Kane, why are you here? Uh, I was invited to be here. Uh, but, I but disagree. No, I, I uh, write comedy for a monthly comedy show at the Pack Theater, and I've met Joe at the Clubhouse a couple times, and really enjoy his presence, and he really enjoys mine. At the Clubhouse there, where we just kick around footballs and, and hang out and talk about things. Um, no, that is what we told you to say. Isn't that true? <laughs> yes, I'm reading off yeah. of, I'm reading with a knife to my throat. Oh, yeah. Uh, Several knives to your throat, if we're really being honest. And uh, and Fred, anything you want to talk about, or people should really know you. You're the acclaimed Fred. Yeah, I'm just... <laughs> As usual, the last part of both Fred and I's sentences will be indiscernible. <laughs> um, but we are here reviewing New Trial. Um, I guess one thing I like to do is, um, and there will be spoilers for New Trial, so go out and see it, if you will. And... Um, uh, I like us to each try to give our synopsis of the film. I think that's kind of fun to do to show how bad some of us are at it and how mm-hmm. great some of us are at it. Or how little or a lot of attention uh, one paid to it. Yeah. I think that means Fred should go first because we should hear what he missed. Cause he very passionately he... went first the last time only to really tear apart the film. So I'll, I'll logline it. A disgraced... Attorney uh, has a chance to redeem himself and gain the acclaim that he once owned uh, by taking on a case of indemnity uh, that is 14 years old that he has very little chance or interest in winning. So we'll definitely edit that so the pauses are not <laughs> is there that way through there will, you, will you edit out my seizure <laughs> we might just edit you out completely damn that was actually pretty the, the seizure was about 45 minutes and I'm glad the ambulance didn't end up coming that part was edited out so if you haven't if you I told you I don't have any fucking health insurance um, so that, that was pretty good David yeah. well, give me uh, it's gonna be hard to like come up against that I'll stop my send. I'll like change tone mid-sentence so you think that it's been edited a seizure's been edited out uh, and you might even just be lucky enough to have a seizure so. <laughs> just to get out of this this is a lot of pressure because you got you got it pretty well it's a lawyer 
takes on a based on a true story. A boy very important. A boy was wrongfully convicted by a corrupt police detective of a crime he didn't commit, and 14 years later, uh, a disgraced attorney takes the case in order to have his mom stop paying money, which is what the indemnity means, but that's what I got from it, was they have to pay money for him being in jail, and he's, like, he didn't do it, so... So yeah. it's interesting, so you had the, uh, the victim of the crime be the protagonist. Right, which is what I thought when you were, you were focusing on the lawyer, and I, for me, the movie had too many protagonists. It, like, they were trying to give the kid and the lawyer as much screen time so that you, you really were following both their journeys. Well, yeah, that is... That's an interesting point I want to speak on. Uh, and just to get to the final synopsis, I think Fred hit it pretty well, except I wouldn't say, like, that lawyer was chasing a claim he once had. He never... I don't think he ever got where he wanted to be and never really knew what he wanted to do as a lawyer. He had a Rolex once, though. So. Yeah. His friend gave him the I Rolex. Couldn't, he I couldn't... But he, had, but he had one. That's the thing is, I couldn't tell if he was, like, had a good reputation or not because sometimes people were, like, respecting him and other times he was given well, shit. Well, only, they only respected him when he proved himself because mm -hmm. he was so outspoken. Right. So I think it's that he... He knows what being a good lawyer means, like, oh, you get money, money, money. Um, but I don't think he ever really believed that in his life, and that's why he never was succeeded. And so this case was about him learning, why do you take, why do I personally right. lawyer? Which is why it opens, he's introduced um, losing a case that's all about money. It's all about how the state owes a bunch yeah, of people money. Yeah, and it could have been about... And it shows he does have a, a bit of a good heart, but it, that case could have been a more heart. He could have had more heart in right. That case. And he, and because he lost it, he everyone turned against him because it was about money. And this case is that's what's interesting too. Is what like usual usual trial dramas are about like them in jail, you know, saying get me out of here. But this one, he was out. He was in jail for ten years, and he's been out for four. But this is about having to not pay money. Yeah, so I thought that that's was, really weird. I thought that this it was it was fascinating how the movie talked so much about money. Justice, corruption, like it was very political at moments where he was like talking about money versus justice is what's our pursuit and how you got to see a lot of corruption with uh, with the police force. Speaking of uh, political, I was trying to jog my brain through like all of the main themes of this movie. Uh, I'll, I'll just shout some out and if, if you think that, uh, if you agree, just give an inaudible thumbs up. If you disagree, give us a <laughs> no, hard slap on the no table so that know. they'll know. Yeah. <laughs> they'll know if it's a slap. Um, uh, po uh, corrupt police force. Well, oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot which was which. Uh, the so. fact that uh, police are very oftentimes the most evil yeah. uh, people out there. Nice. Uh, the power of the legal system as it was designed to be used by the good lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> Again, the pauses. <laughs> like, I, you're making such a good point yeah. that I have to hang on. So. Yeah, you want to clap for um, it. Yes. Uh, and I, I want to dig into these themes, but I do want to, like, reach, a, uh, say what the synopsis from the CGV Wait, one more? Website is. Uh, the powerlessness of women. Yeah. No, oh, we're not supposed to, oh. disagree. <laughs> All right. That disagree. wasn't. I mean, that's. I feel like that can be talked about within. We will bring that up in, a, movie, yeah. in the after dark segment. But uh, I find it culturally because this is a um, a Korean language film. 
it's, you could argue it's for Korean people, you know, 90% is what they were hoping for this. And what, where their synopsis was different is it says, New trial depicts a lawyer's long, struggling, lonely fight for a boy who was imprisoned for 10 years after he was falsely accused of the Yakchon five-way intersection murder case of a taxi driver in the year of 2000. So I feel like that synopsis pushes like that event, like that was a much more well-known event. So I can't imagine maybe this movie was marketed or more made like this is a movie for that case. While I don't think any of us, while we were watching it, no. were thinking like, oh, this case. Yeah. Is what, the case was important because the characters, not It's like because, OJ. It's like yeah, trying it's like to get OJ. some people from Bhutan to give a shit about OJ. It, they love OJ. They love it, OJ? Um, yeah, yeah, no, what I kept thinking throughout the whole movie was how it began with this is based on a true story because a lot of it was very... I felt like it was embellished because we American movies embellish our true stories and there was so much violence and so much like create so many twists and turns that I was like that can't be true but maybe it is like this maybe they made the movie because it was so crazy they were like we can't not I'm sh I, I think it's just like any Hollywood movie just to like divert from uh, not this movie but like the uh, the Snowden movie mm -hmm. so there's a moment that's based off a true story there's a moment where where there's hides yeah there's Snowden <laughs> oh yeah the Rubik's no dude? he hides um, he drops a SD card. And while the boss is coming in, his uh, his kind of friend in the business notices that Snowden hides the SD card and could rat him out, but doesn't. Okay, we know that didn't actually happen because uh -huh. that guy would be in shit. Yeah, like, Snowden we, didn't he, say like, "Yeah, he, my friend Ralph uh, totally <laughs> lied to them." For me. So like, that was a big moment in the right. movie, it's but. True. That didn't really happen, yeah. so I don't think even the murder happened. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're right. Anything I, South I think that I think that the re maybe the reason the movie was made and the reason it had so many political themes is because this event tied together so many Korea like Korean political things, like Law and Order. How almost immediately they're like, we're cracking down on these cases, which is why he got such a harsh sentence. Um, it ties together corruption because the even when they caught the killer, the real killer, and he confessed, they revealed that it was all because of the cop. He was the real bad guy, and even when they had the killer confess, it was revealed that corruption was more powerful. Yeah, it, it was bigger than the actual killer of the case. He wasn't the bad guy, and that was. I think there was a lot of cool like redirects in a way, like the the blame falls on so many people um, because I guess just to give someone a more detailed description yeah, is did. this lawyer um, loses a big case that was supposed to help a lot of people he doesn't have a job and his old friend gives him a job at this big law firm and he's kind of the slackerish guy not slacker but kind of the off-kilter guy while the other guy's a little bit more toe the line and he ends up uh, having to get this kind of grunt work of taking on this pro bono case that he gets really involved with. And then you find out, yeah, the guy was never really a murderer. He was set up, set up by police. Then it figures out the DA was also in on it. And then his friend who got him the job had kind of betrayed him and stabbed him in the back from... Uh, getting you know good evidence on the case so that he could get money to start a law firm and what's even weirder is that friend offers to with all the money he makes from all this give tons of money to the guy who's falsely accused of murder and then they still say well no that's not good enough well Joe I'd, I'd 
do like that summation of the uh, legal side of this movie, but I think you're uh, discrediting this movie of having some super sick beatdown scenes. Actually, yeah, I mean, violent are, movie. It's a really violent. I movie. have like a high tolerance for violence. I'm a huge fan of like you know it, it is portrayal in all genres, and with each scene was like. Like, oh, this is pretty dark. Oh, this is really dark. Oh, wow, they're really, like, hitting you over the head literally with these. Lots like, of good I, kicking guys I on the would, yeah, A lot of football players. I would say it's violent in the way that history of violence is violent. That It's not a... There's not, like, set piece after set piece, but there's a few moments that are, feel really brutal and feel hard enough. Because, like, you watch... I'm sure if you watch this movie again, you'd be like, oh, look, waiting for all the violence. And you go, oh, it was just really... Two scenes, three scenes. But not just that, but, uh, sorry to interrupt, but Politically uh, for it being like a courtroom drama, which is all I knew about it well, no, coming into it. It's not a courtroom drama. That's what I told you I thought it was, but I don't think, there's not a single That's still thing, what I think it is. There's not, but it's not. It never was that. Actually, I want to make the argument now that we're calling it a courtroom drama, because New Trial and what we've talked about, that tile, that title... It makes it sound like a courtroom drama. Yeah. The court scenes are not court scenes, really. I mean, they're yeah. they're not your. You see the end of US the trial, films. and you yeah. see the. This kind of a. Do you guys see flight? No. It's it's a courtroom drama in the way that you could call flight a courtroom drama. Yeah, I see what sense. you mean. It's, it's, a, it's more of a legal procedural. I would call it a. It's almost a crime thriller because they're investigating the crime and they have flashbacks to it and they're revealing the stuff and then there are a lot of violent scenes with and the you cops. Get, you get thrilled a lot. I argue yeah. it's a romance it was, movie. It's a. It's truly. It follows the structure of a romance movie between the lawyer and yeah, the murder. The, the romance. The murder. Yeah. It it, it plays more like a romance of. Uh, you have the kind of main character searching for something, meeting the counterpart from a different world, not in romantic setting, but because they have to. They're and, butting heads. And they're very, yeah, they're very confused. Then they learn from each other, but once they actually have each other's trust, there is a feeling of betrayal. They separate, only to come back together that's, stronger. Yeah, that's exactly right. It and is. I love that they tossed in two like very small romantic side stories for both of them that one of them was trying to win his wife back but just because barely, he, barely just like because he wasn't making money she was like so mean about it yeah. and his daughter was like stop fighting and then the other guy had his like one flame that wasn't really a flame it was just a girl he drew once he drew once yeah and, and speaking of the other guy though I think we have to go back because I don't think that we really explained the that guy's uh Plotline. Which one? The crime or the, the crime? Yeah. The story uh, of the crime. Yeah, that's because all we did was mention that he was framed. Right. Um, which by and, and the crime really? The crime is is nothing interesting really. What's interesting is like how it was set up and why it was set and up the later. Up, yeah. But it is the Yakchon Five Way Intersection murder case was. Did you want to explain it or? Yeah, I'll explain it to the best of my uh, abilities and my dramatic pause. Uh, I took a class, so on dramatic pauses. Well, I don't think it's dramatic pause. Your ears are bleeding, so I think it might be something mm. bigger. Um, so a young boy. Oh, that's another big part of this, the the filmmaking. Oh yeah, of this movie. Yeah, he's a young boy. Um, fifteen, right? Supposedly, I don't know, man. Like they said, they said it once. They said either fourteen or fifteen. Either fourteen or fifteen. Very young boy who's barely old enough to ride a motorcycle, who's who's barely old enough to 
work in a bar is getting off of his ship. Yeah, he bar. does both. <laughs> yeah, and on his motorcycle, and then he uh, is suddenly, while he's lighting a cigarette, uh, looks up and then uh, almost hits a pedestrian who's acting very strangely, and uh, he he wipes out on his motorbike, gets up, the cops come because there's a wipeout, and also somebody had called the cops on just a stopped taxi, and the uh, taxi contains the freshly stabbed body of a taxi driver uh, with horrible wounds, and uh, the cops then find a small but clean knife in the uh, young boy's moped, and uh, thus quickly uh, in the film leads to his being sentenced to 15 years in prison, which is then reduced to 10 years because of something that we find out later. Uh, which is he sort of confesses to the murder 15 was, years later, because he never does. Yeah. He's forced to. Yeah, and these details are really peeled apart like layers of Very well. Yeah, I, and I really like when the it way began, you, you don't really know, you don't even know why he's in jail to the beginning. They arrest him. When they find the knife, they immediately arrest him. And I, at first, my thought, first thought was like, oh, this is a poorly edited film. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Like the weird, yeah, at first it felt really jumpy and like, <laughs> Um, I don't know, it just didn't feel important at first, the murder. Yeah. Um, but I think if they would have sat longer in it, it would have been bad. But like you said, yeah, they peel these little things, like these details, where you at first, you know, like certain characters, like the cop who was part of the, the whole, you know, being the bad guys. At first, you don't know where the movie's going, you kind of like him. He's he seems like a funny. cool... Yeah. Like, well, cool and then, fat cop. then you see that oh, he's, he's the worst. Yeah he's, yeah, he's the monster. Going in completely cold, having no idea except for the title that you told me. Just find the theater with that title. Um, I went in and I thought it was like a cop. I was going to be some sort of cop movie or cop drama because he was the first character. You see the victim, and you're exactly, thinking he's yeah. going to get killed or something. Uh, but then he ends up getting arrested by the cop character, and you find out that he's the villain. The cop is the villain. Yeah, it's an anti-cop movie. Yeah. Like, oh uh, yeah. It's a huge anti-corruption movie, which I'm, I guess is a huge problem in Korea, because in South Korea, they, their president just, like, got impeached for corruption. That, like, just happened recently. I so, thought that happened every week, though. <laughs> apparently, on, you know, all the levels, it, apparently corruption's a huge problem there, so I guess this is, like, a relevant movie. Um, which makes you think, like, how... We're probably going to be seeing a lot of these kinds of movies coming up. Yeah, for our people. Yeah. Our people By the way, this is uh, being filmed in America. Yeah. If they didn't know, if they, if they weren't able to track us. On We're not doing the video version of this? No. Yeah. Um, but I think going back to something that was said much earlier at the start of the, the podcast, um, just dealing with like what kind of genre this is, what kind of tone it gives, it's a very interesting movie in that one. It's chameleonic. What is what is the genre? It's not a courtroom no. drama, and it's not like I I want to say thriller just because there were action scenes, and I want to say cr crime is somewhere in there because it's about a crime, but it's and sort of like action the, scenes are very. It reminded brutal. me of the Lincoln Lawyer, which I only which I didn't see. I, I only remember a little bit, but it's mostly Matthew McConaughey driving around, and he's sort of like a down on his luck lawyer, and that's like the comparison I can make. Um, but are there any scenes of? Fools getting just kicked in the stomach. He's, he works for criminals, so like, yeah, it's sort of like that. And he uses them when he needs them. So, right. 
Um, but it's not, no, the guy in this movie was not, is not corrupt at all. He's actually the opposite. He's doing, he's actually also, class is a big theme. He works, he like goes to this poor area and he talk. he gives legal advice to all these people who would never be able to afford legal counsel. Um, and he sort of becomes this weird like hero of the people, which is a random scene that never gets brought up again. <laughs> but uh, tune in for episode 3.5, uh, The Lincoln Lawyer, where <laughs> yeah, Korean Lincoln movie Lawyer podcast side. just goes and watches The Lincoln Lawyer. Um, but uh, I guess just to kind of wrap things up, if, unless you have any further thoughts, and um, we'll of course be talking about the movie and other things in After Dark, which is the second part of the episode, which isn't the big review of this movie. So, any uh, Fred, you were raising your hand, which everybody saw. Uh, yeah, there was just one. There was just one. You know, you're blocking my mouth. With <laughs> I know. I'm trying. Me. I'm trying to show uh, David where the microphone the is. Microphone, I remember where it was. Where from it will the beginning. where it will connect. To I did our wander mouths. off, but um, yeah, one thing that I did want to mention when we were talking about just like how interesting the filmmaking is in these movies and in the last two Korean movies that I saw is that the use of music. They just fucking use whatever is appropriate for the scene, which we're not used to. And do you mean they do that instead of thinking about the whole piece? The whole tone of it, like, completely. Because there's this, like... I mean, this movie has, like, so many tense courtroom scenes. Well, a few. Uh, a bunch of, like, ten, you know, like, violent shooting, uh, you know, guys getting kicked uh, by corrupt guys scenes. And then in the middle of it, there's, like, a fucking... Just montage where the the two protagonists, the lawyer and the um, and the uh, criminal, the clients <laughs> are trying to piece together. They're just trying to jimmy rig their own defense, and they're using like chalk and they're using like post-it notes. They don't have like a fancy setup, um, but there's just like an acoustic. Somebody's cousin got hired to like play acoustic guitar over it and harmonica. I remember hearing harmonica. I was like, "This doesn't feel uh, apt." It was like something at goddamn Juno. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and one thing we have noticed in the only three, you know, movies we've watched so far for this podcast in our lives, though. <laughs> um, and in our lives, we've probably not even watched, you know, over twenty Korean movies. I would say is just I think the soundtrack and generally the vibes of these movies don't necessarily stick to one set genre. It is, which is a like, treat. It's a real yeah, nice. What is the mo- moment to moment or scene to scene? You're getting something very specific to that scene. Yeah. something that I, not to that like have a big it. tangent away from this movie. I saw another Lincoln like, Lawyer. Again. A couple of years ago, I saw a Korean movie that was a romance about these two people who are like best friends and they discover they love each other like down the line, and that was how it was set up. And halfway through the oh, movie... That's kind of like how I wanted my life to turn out. I know, but ha- so did they. But halfway through the movie, the guy, he's a stuntman for movies, and he gets hit by a car and loses his leg. Oh, I know that music video. And he becomes... he It becomes a very serious drama about him having to get over his injury halfway through the movie. Oh, wait, that's a movie? Yeah, it's a whole movie. There's a music video that was famous as... Sorry to interrupt. I, it probably is related, though, because yeah. they, like... it. Became, the girl loses her eyes. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of loss in Korean cinema, I guess. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it. it's very interesting because it's in that same way, like when you're watching the, when the romance scenes are very specifically romance, and then the tragic scenes are specifically tragic outside the context of the whole story. Yeah, it isn't like, and I think maybe the genre, the genres are different, but you even like look at a romantic comedy here, and it's usually a tragedy does happen halfway through the film or something to disrupt it, but it's not. 
But then so Rob Schneider will pop in and yeah. like diffuse the you whole situation. You you're watching it and calling bullshit on the stakes. You're like you were. We were just laughing before. Like you're not yeah. gonna make me cry seriously. That's a lot of fun though, because then you think like, all right, what was the last David Fincher movie? Let's say it was Gone Girl. I don't know what it was. It was probably David. I think it was. But uh, if if somebody was like, hey, do you want to go see Gone Girl? You'll think like what your mood is at the time, and you'll be like, I don't really feel because like, it's gonna be like a three hour that, thing. It's yeah. gonna be like really dark, and I kind of feel like watching an Adam Sandler movie. Or something, but really, like, I, I from from this experience of going to CGV cinemas, like, any movie is gonna like just be entertaining. Bring, bring it all. Yeah. It'll, it, and I don't know if that has part part way to do. I don't think it has the whole. You know, it's not the whole reason. Almost as blind as that guy's mom. I'm gonna take that back because it's just. Oh, yeah, his, mom, his mom was blind. Just a uh, I think it has partly to do with the fact that we're going in almost 100% blind. Even me and Fred, we know very little about the movie, so we don't have any preconceived notions about... Even when I said... I guess Fred still thought it was a courtroom drama. I told him a courtroom drama, and I was still like pretty sure who knows what it'll be. And I think that plays with it. But I also think who knows what the system for Korean movies is versus the Hollywood system where you do know there's a lot of input that fucks over films mm. and makes films bad and makes them very it, cookie cutter is better the f- and I don't know if that is you, what they're pushing there yeah once well. you catch like catch wise to what genre you're watching for a Hollywood movie you, the formula is easy to follow and for this one it was hard to follow like I didn't like, as in I didn't know where it was going to go I couldn't predict what was going to happen they had genuine twists and turns yeah. and I don't know if that's a staple of Korean cinema yeah. or not yet there's also a lot of familiarity of like the characters and like I think, oh, what would that character be in an American movie and how they're acting and like the, the type of archetype they are, who mm-hmm. would fit in that. How many so, of them were Matthew McConaughey? There's a lot yeah. of, all of them. Oh, all of them. Well, yeah. And I couldn't understand what they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> and they support Trump. Damn, damn. And they support Trump. Matthew McConaughey supports Trump. And as does David King. So, uh, no, oh so. shit, no, cut it off <laughs> he now. He was doing the inaudible thumbs up while he was doing it. <laughs> let's uh, let's um, wrap up I... the first part of this, which is the technical movie review. Um, this is the way I like to review these on the podcast. Because I don't think we should look at these as like, oh, it's a Korean movie, go see it. I think they should hold up to any movie. Mm-hmm. So given what you know is out in theaters right now and all that, if someone had one movie to see this week, should this be a movie that's at least on their radar and they consider? I think it would depend on your tastes. If you are into crime movies, if you like um, interesting... I mean, we just spoiled it all for you, so if you stuck around, we've just ruined it. But, like, if you do, like... <laughs> the, you, that's the irony of if you, if you love, you, If you nice. love international cinema and are interested in, like, how they do different genres... Like, this fascinated me as someone who loves, like, crime and, and drama and thrillers. And good crime it. movie. And to see... Yeah, it's a good crime movie. So if you're a fan of that, I would say yes, go for it. And then general grading, uh, F to A+. Plus. Ooh, uh, a B. It was pretty long. And I it was, was a little too long, I was yeah. kind of falling asleep, and I was like, even though the scene is supposed to be shocking me, I have no energy to it was, accept it. It was about 20 minutes too long. Yeah. yeah. But I think every movie can serve to be an hour and a half only. Yeah. But, uh, Fred, what every about movie you? Should Both be a questions. Sketch. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you're looking for a good place to spend two hours plus, and uh, if you don't have any money, and you live right next to the CGV cinemas... Mm-hmm. And he kind of just so wants to stay for a while. To this, uh, <laughs> uh, this is a really good way to spend your time. Oh, and plus, if you like, don't have a girlfriend or anything, uh, 
or this is just if you don't have a boyfriend. For Fred, this is therapy. <laughs> if any of you are um, looking for a boyfriend, we got Fred. No, this was this was honestly all jokes aside, uh, a really entertaining movie. And uh, uh, was it your favorite one out of the three of we've seen? And I ask you this specifically because you know we're the only ones who've seen all of them. I was I was most surprised by this because I wasn't as jazzed coming into this one. Yeah. Um, just thinking that it was going to be a uh, courtroom drama, but no, this was riveting. I stayed awake for the entire time. Uh, That's new. Yeah. And so <laughs> F to A plus rating, what'd you give it? I give it a B plus. Mm. B plus, very good. I would say if you've already seen Get Out and Logan, <laughs> that and you want to see a movie, this is yeah, this worth is a good thing. This is good. This is a good movie. It's just overall good. Until could, Kong comes out, but I'm not that interested. In I've on this podcast talked shit about Kong despite not seeing it. Sam Jackson is one of our listeners. You can't do but that. I, yeah. <laughs> and so is our you. listeners of this episode. <laughs> Ours, is I'm taking over. But I would say, um, you know, if you've seen those two movies, this movie is definitely worth checking out. I would give it a B plus, and. Um, and yeah, I, I thought out of all the movies we've seen, I don't know if it's, it was my favorite, um, but that's more of on a taste level. I thought it was really well done um, on, a, on so many levels. But uh, well, great, stick around. Uh, we'll catch you guys on uh, the After Dark, where we're just going to be talking about more, maybe more of the movie, like little nuanced things and um, whatever else comes up. David, anything you want to plug? Website oh, or Twitter or anything? <laughs> Um, we'll put it in the show notes, but go ahead and say it. Yeah, well, every the first Saturday of every month at the Pack Theater is my sketch show, 1,000 Years of Cinema, which is a sketch show in which we do a celebration of the history of film, but all the sketches are about movies that don't exist. Awesome, so that's in Los Angeles, so we'll put that in the show notes. Fred, anything you want to plug? No. And uh, just go to jocabeo.com if you want to see anything that I do or want to be connected to any of my stuff. Thanks for listening. And if you want to, listen to the After Dark. Shut up and sit down. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to uh, talk to us, tell us what you think, or review the podcast, email us at kmr at jocabeo.com. That is C-A-B-E-L-L-O. We would love to hear from you, and we would love your support at patreon.com slash jocabeo. The movies get pretty expensive, so go ahead and uh, give us a few bucks. And sorry that the podcast is a little all over the place as far as when we release it. We can only make one when there's a Korean language film at CGV Cinema, so I can't tell you when our next one will be, but stay tuned. 